Welcome to the Rebel and Connect radio podcast, where we connect you with the ideas, people, products, and services that you need to create a truly meaningful company culture on your remote team. Rebel and Connect, celebrating human connections in a digital world. Okay. Hello, everybody. I am Charlie Birch. I am one of the co-founders and the director of program development for Rebellion Connect. I am here with you today broadcasting on our Facebook page. So if you're listening on iTunes or from our website and you want an opportunity to watch some of these podcasts record live, then hop on over to Facebook, find the Rebellion Connect page. If you just search Rebel Plus Connect, you'll see our business page pop up. If you follow that, then you'll get notifications when we're doing a live stream and you can, you know, get a little bit more of an intimate experience, a little more humanized, not so just audio, you know, three-dimensional, which is appropriate for our guest today. So we're here today with Liz Scully. She is the CEO and founder of Rethink, which is a very cool service that she offers with her coaching skills and her amazingly diverse and interesting background you know, one of those multi-passionate, that's the dream, right? You're the multi-passionate entrepreneur and you're like, how do I make this all fit together? Liz did it. Liz figured out a way to make it work. So we're really excited. She's here today with us to do this spotlight interview because she is one of our fabulous, generous, qualified, interesting, exciting people that's speaking at the Remote Work Summit 2018 down in Guatemala. If you've not learned or heard about the summit yet, then uh, don't waste any time go on over to bit.ly slash remote work summit and you can see all about it's an awesome destination style remote leadership summit that we're putting together. Everybody that's participating is donating their time and their skills to make this a reality because we're also raising money for a worthy cause of fighting systematic causes of hunger and malnutrition in the rural parts of Guatemala. So 100% of the profits go right back in. So wonderful people like Liz who are able to donate their speaking time uh, are coming to help us reduce the overhead cost and increase the fundraising effort. So without further ado, I will uh, introduce you again. Here's Liz. She's right here with me. You can see her. So Liz, tell us a little bit. I mean, I can tell people what I know, but you're the expert on you, of course. So tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to be doing what it is that you're doing today? Well, um, first of all, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. And uh, it's rather lovely to be beamed live and on the and on the podcast at the same time. You're right. It's always lovely to see video. So if you're not seeing video right now, if you're only listening to us, definitely make sure you follow up on that. So I am a business strategist, but I have a slightly well, a less than standard path to that. I spent 20 years in film doing visual effects at a very high level, at a wonderful Hollywood Emmy-winning level. We were multi-Oscar nominated as well, actually, which is rather lovely. We didn't win, uh, which I have to say probably we didn't deserve to win. There were, there, were better, there were better options because what used to happen in visual effects is that you make a film with beautiful effects isn't necessarily a great film. I have to say, they don't necessarily choose the best films for that. And what I did in film was I ran big lighting teams in post-production. So it was massive amounts of data because it was all in 3D, huge teams of, the teams I ran were about 200, 220 people, but they were a fraction of the size of the teams that were working together. So we worked in big groups, we produced very specific work for extra 
extremely demanding people. <laughs> and we had a lot of success. It was a lot of fun, but it was also very stressful. But all of the skills I learned there, managing those multi-million dollar nightmares of fabulousness that is <laughs> means that I got used to deadlines, teams, finances being the things that lead. But films are mechanisms to tell a story. And to be honest, that's exactly what a film is as well. So the strategy that works with a film crew and a film team is what I learned, how I learned to strategize really well with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. And I'm now a nomad. I now work remotely. I'm not sure. Actually, can you work remotely if it's just you? I'm not, this is, just, a, you know, the semantics people get. I say I'm a remote worker because I can work from anywhere other than my home office. But I do know that there is a kind of a debate in those in the space about if you don't have an office you can go to, then you're a virtual person. And if you do have an office you can go to and you choose not to go there, then you would be remote. But it's all, yeah, you're free. Exactly, because there's all that kind of location independent over digital nomad, over remote, remote worker. So I would say I'm location independent. Wherever I am, that's where my office is. And I don't, at the moment, I don't have a regular team. What I do is I have a beautiful set of wonderful um, freelancers that I work with over long, and they all have their own setups wherever that happens to be. What I find is that my team tend to be more stationed in one place, but they don't have an office. So they can work from wherever they feel like it. Now that might be the front room. It might be the, the office. It might be where their kids are. And I, I think that's rather wonderful, actually, because I've lived overseas most of my life. Overseas being, uh, you can hear I have a, a British accent. I'm actually Irish. And the reason I have this accent is because I grew up in Pakistan and in Nigeria. And I spent most of my adult life working on films, which are kind of everywhere. So there's an awful lot of working away. I spent, as soon as I left the film industry, I was working at DreamWorks and I left and spent, I was already living in India. I spent three or four years there. And again, I would say I worked at home, but my home was my office. And my clients were mostly, are mostly European and North American. Um, and a, a nice mix of Canadians and a few Aussies in there. When I was in India, the time zones were, were fine. In fact, I've just been having a conversation with one of my clients right now. I think the bane of every remote worker has got to be, what time is that where, where you are? <laughs> <laughs> I, I spend my whole day with one of those apps open. Mm -hmm. So I help entrepreneurs earn more money, work less and be happier. And the way I do that is through, is using the same skills I learned in film, how to be more streamlined, how to be more effective. I work in small groups. It's about fast growth, the work I do. I work in small groups called mastermind groups, which are four to six people that meet really regularly. We have very clear goals and we make sure that everything, everyone is held accountable. We share and pool information and people stay in my groups for year upon year because each year, they grow and they fancy more of that, so they grow some more. It's been absolutely life-changing for me, which is how I, how I got into running mastermind groups. In fact, it's actually now pretty much the only way I work with people. I do a, bit, a little bit of one-to-one -one work, but for me to work in a group, 
particularly when you work from your own kitchen table most of the time. So that feeling of community, that feeling of we're all together is the most important thing. And I also have a coaching school that trains people to run mastermind groups as well because they're freaking brilliant. And I think everyone should run them. So it's excellent. It's an excellent way to do it. And it's lovely. It is absolutely delightful. Awesome. That's really cool. I mean, I, every time I talk to you, I learn something new about you. And I just think it's very interesting. I just, an hour ago, recorded another podcast with another one of our speakers. And I found out she has a background in dance. And I have a background in dance. And you have a background in the arts. And it's just so interesting to see how things that the average person wouldn't really think overlap, like how those skills can come together and transfer. Like, I think my background as a choreographer helps me build systems like operational systems because you can feel what's efficient and you can feel what's not, you know, you can feel that and stuff. And so it's just really interesting how we attract people, where we start, where we end up. So I always just like to hear people's stories and um, what makes you unique. So thank you for sharing that. And so tell us a little bit on that same, what makes you unique. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, why you were inspired to reach out to us. Because again, like I said on the last interview, a lot of people have, I have reached out to a lot of the speakers, but you got connected with us, I think through social media, like we were looking for speakers and you nominated yourself on a thread and what is it about uh, Remote Work Summit that inspired you to be a part of it, to want to do this instead of something else? Well, that's it's, it's a really good point because as most speakers, I have a list of places that I'm, I'm looking to work with and people that places and people I want to go to. So it was twofold. One is that we were connected through people that we have in common. It's always about community, people that I trust and know were recommending you. And also, I happened to be in Guatemala at that point. So I have said as a little soupçon of I was in the area. But it's also the fact that when we are so spread out all over the world, to be in one place with other people who are doing the same sort of work is so special. To to know that for that weekend, um, not only will we be surrounded by people who understand the issues that we, we all have running a team like that, but I can guarantee that at the end of it, I'll come away with at least a handful of really good friends. I hope a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And where I find that when I'm very specific, very ch- strategic, even though I can't say it, when I'm very strategic about what I go to, I actually get so much more out of it. So I know the care that you're curating the other speakers. I know the, the way that you are extremely professional, professionally putting it together. I've been involved with quite a lot of um, this kind of thing. And I have to say that um, this isn't just blind flattery. You are, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. You are very together. But also you're all as a group, you work well as a team. So obviously you understand what other people are doing. And there's that warmth around it. Plus, Lake Atalan is stunning. It's one of my favorite places. Have um, you been? No, I've never been to Guatemala. And admittedly, it wasn't really on my bucket list. But we were putting when we were putting together the possible venues, um, my business partner, Rachel, who you probably haven't met or talked to directly yet, but she does uh, some community work down there with a program called Hug It Forward, and they build bottle schools. So they use like recycled bottles to build schools, and they enlist community members to help build and run the schools. 
because apparently the government isn't really super on top of that. Um, and so she spent a lot of time in Guatemala and her boyfriend had heard of Eagles retreats, which is our venue. And we reached out to, I don't know, 10 or 15 venues in all kinds of different places. And Greg who owns Eagles retreats, he was the first to get back to us. And we're like, I mean, you're going to donate this entire space. I mean, if y'all haven't seen the space, go to the website, go to the destination page, <laughs> rebellandconnect.co backslash destination. Cause I mean, this place is amazing. It's got panoramic views of the lake. It's got volcanoes in the distance. It's got foliage everywhere. It's all made out of bamboo and like natural materials. It's just, as Rachel said, cause she has been there, it's just truly magical. And so we're super excited. Absolutely. It looks, it looks beautiful in the pictures and the lake itself, um, all the little villages and towns in that area have this really chilled out, almost like hippie-ish vibe. There's a great market there. There's wonderful food. I have really happy memories there. So oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be All right. Yeah, we're getting excited. It's getting exciting. So on that note, tell us a little bit about you are going to be speaking on leadership as an umbrella. So as I told all the speakers when I am recruiting people, you know, I understand that like leadership, team building and company culture, they all kind of blend together. But it's helpful for our minds, you know, as someone who studies social science, I'm sure you can understand it's helpful for our minds to put things in categories. So we do, we're doing that for our audience. So you are one of our leadership presenters. And can you tell us a little bit about what perspective, what skill set you're going to bring to the leadership discussion around remote teams? Of course. So where I'm starting with is that uh, a leader teaches we share our information. So I have a very simple framework that will allow you to very quickly put together um, training for your team, to train your trainers so they can train more efficiently because I don't know about you, but I have sat through some god-awful presentations. Awful, awful. awful. Uh, but just that drone on. As, as one of my coaches says, uh, the, the sort of awful presentation where it's not that you lose the will to live, you lose the will for them to live. <laughs> So awful. So it's very quick, easy to learn. It's a quick little uh, thumbnail that you can tell whether you've got enough information in there. So you can train your trainers, you can train your team, but also the framework is so clear, you can use it for pitches, you could use it for um, uh, any kind of deck where you're trying to persuade anyone of anything, so investment stuff, and of course your TED Talk, absolutely anything. It's almost like the hero's journey, but for talks. It's, it's a very simple thing. Because I come from this film background, I work from a principle that whatever you're doing, there's got to be an easier way, mm-hmm. um, kind of an idiot-proof way. Uh, although, as we used to say in film, you can always build a better idiot. So <laughs> very simple structures. And once you have that, you can organise your ideas more cl- more clearly and more quickly and thus you can you can share them more clearly because when an idea is shareable fast it becomes group culture again that steps into the the other side of of the things that we're looking at at the summit but when everyone understands quickly and I think the key for a lot of teams is that one person has the information and they don't share it Mm-hmm. And this is a really quick way for you, for anyone in your team to share information very quickly with other people. Yeah, I love that because I think with the information sharing, it's not only that it's unsettling. If, if people aren't communicating what they're doing and what they know, it's unsettling. 
because you can't see that they're doing something. You can't know in any other way than direct communication, but it also makes it less possible for me to do my job. If my job is not dependent on, but interconnected with yours and you don't share with me what you know, then I can't, I can't do my job, but it's, you have, like you said, it has to be digestible, not only for your brain, but like if you're communicating primarily through written form, like lean speech is priceless for your, I mean, preventing carpal tunnel at the very least. Exactly. Recently, just, just as a sort of quick aside, I recently on my Facebook, um, just my profile, I asked my friends, um, what secret information they had? What did they know that I wouldn't expect? Mm. And I asked it in terms of what could you give a talk on right now? For, you know, with, with no warning, no slides, what could you stand up and do 30 minutes on? It was fascinating. People I've known for 20 or 30 years said, oh, I could, you know, I could give a talk on goldfish. Really? 30 minutes on that? Like the snack or like the animal? <laughs> I think actually on, on fish breeding, generally. Okay. And there was all sorts of things. So there were obviously lots of us could stand up and talk about the thing that we are, that we do for a living. But the thing that we're passionate about is often something completely different. I mean, like a, a compositor that I worked with for 20 years suddenly announced, oh, so I could do it on, on Wren churches in London without slides and no warning. Okay, that's a big passion. And I think just, a, like, wouldn't it be fantastic if you had a team of people that had worked together for a long time that spent one afternoon where everyone gave a five-minute presentation on the thing that they cared for. And that's the sort of work that we're going to be looking at in Guatemala. Because when it's that easy, when no one's going to stress about, oh, but I've got to make slides and I don't know how, and that's going to be really difficult. When it's just a five-step thing, then you can do that kind of stuff. And the things you learn about people, who knew I knew so many architectural and fish fanciers? (laughs) I love that. I'd have an icebreaker question that, somebody asked at my group graduate school interview and it was along similar lines is tell us one thing that we wouldn't be able to tell about you, you know, from reading your application or your resume or your LinkedIn page. And I always love that question. And the things that came out of like, I, I used to be a race car driver or, you know, for me, it was like, I used to sing in a reggae band, which really maybe no from looking at me you know and I don't know what to talk about because my dad owned a music venue and he wrote me into the house band and paid me 40 bucks a gig so I did it but you know it makes a great story and I, t- I love that I've, I've heard similar question of like what could you teach on right now and I always it makes you wonder like you want to be able to answer that question it's a good opportunity too it's not just for fun and getting to know people but you never know when somebody's just asking that question for engagement and they really need what you have to give and like reinforcing for yourself what you really know is a great confidence builder as well, which is great for leadership. Absolutely. And that thread was huge as well. I didn't really expect it to get anywhere near as much traction, but people went nuts for it because it's an answer. You know, it's something that everyone can answer. It's about their passions. If you can get that kind of, that's where team culture and all of those feelings of belonging come from. If you've shared your freaky goldfish training experience with people, then you're going to like them a little bit more. Yeah. Would you a little bit, but that, you know, you're going to feel I'm part of this freaky tribe of people that are all doing this lovely stuff because I I believe it's the things that make us slightly odd that bring us all together it's when you can when you can talk about that stuff without people going that's really odd 
Mm-hmm. It's when people say that's really odd and that's also really cool that that's the really, that's the lovely thing about it. Yeah, it's like uh, The Power of Imperfection, Brene Brown's book. I love her. Yes. Fantastic. Anyway, transgressing. Um, so tell, So now you've told us a little bit about your background, all of the interesting ways you got to be doing what you're doing, where you're living, where you're working, what you're going to do at the summit, why you want to be there. Tell us if, if anyone's listening and they are a remote leader, uh, what problems could you help a remote leader solve? Why would you hire yourself to solve that problem instead of somebody else? So there are two, there are two ways I work with people. One is to look at their big picture strategy, because if you're doing well, then you have a lovely set of goals and you've got a very clear way ahead. Um, but we can get a little bit stuck in that. We think we know how it's going to fit together. And often we roll our goals setting out from where we are. You know, so I'm going, to, I'm going to open this many shops or I'm going to run this many courses and I'm going to do this. I'm going to hit this revenue goal by doing this, this and this. Sometimes it is very useful to have a big overarching look at that. If you want to get to this goal, let's work backwards in a more, in a more clear way. So that kind of big strategy stuff. But where masterminds excel, which is what I, what I really do most of the time, is once you've got that strategy really clear and you've got your tactics and you're clear on the difference between your strategy and your tactics, strategy being where you're going, tactics being how you're going to get there, the tools you're going to use for that, is then masterminds will give you a beautifully curated group of people who will support you, who have great thoughts, who are moving at the same speed as you, because I think that's the real key. When we are surrounded by people that understand us and um, have really good input, but also are about to achieve their goals at the same time, because if, say, you and I, Charlie, wanted to earn a million dollars this year, and why not? Now, if you're at 900 million and I'm at, actually, I haven't made any revenue yet, where where either one of us isn't going to achieve that goal or I'm moving at the speed of light to get there. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to do very much to go from 900 to a million, um, whereas I have to move so fast. So being surrounded by people who are moving at the same speed as you is so important. And that's what my groups do. They're full of people that understand, that are well-matched, and that support is over a year. And that, I think, is the big difference because most coaching is spot coaching. It's a one-off or it's 10 weeks or it's maybe even three months. Masterminds run um, initially for a year, but then people, you know, stay with me for years and years. And it's that support because you can't, Let's face it, you can't complain about your business partner to your business partner. (laughs) Whereas if needed, you can talk about what is and isn't working with your mastermind group. Mm -hmm, You can mm -hmm. speak one-to-one with a coach and say, you know, I'm really not sure about something. But when you hear a room full of people, your mastermind group, when you hear five or six other people going, I've had that problem and I did this. This is how I dealt with it. So it's support, it's clarity and... um, it's quite a lot of giggling and talking foolishness, but I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. So if a leader of a remote team is looking to scale to the next level yeah. of their business growth and they want an advisor and a brain, a, a think tank, a mastermind, then that yes, would be absolutely. a good 
reason to reach out to you. And then you mentioned that you, you kind of match the groups. So do you have an ideal person or do you have like different levels of group that you run kind of parallel to each other? That's exactly it. And it's, for me, it's really about curation because there's lots of things called mastermind groups and there's a lot of things that really aren't very good called mastermind groups, but a good one, obviously mine are, they are very carefully curated. And by that, I mean that when I open a mastermind group, I make sure that there are people moving at the same speed at the same level. And it also, when it's an open application, which isn't very often, normally I invite people. Okay. But when I do, um, exactly that. If, if I've got a bunch of people who are very new, first year, pre-revenue, or just you know under 100 grand, they would be in a different group than the people who are doing really well and have large teams. So I, do, I think curation is really important. My ideal person is someone who is really committed and is already rev- revenue positive, to be honest. Newbies are delightful, but... There's so many, there's so, when we start a business, there's so much to think about. Mm-hmm. And the sort of person who's going to come to the remote summit has presumably already got a team of people. <laughs> so they would be great. Um, and that is that clear vision. And also wanting to have a support group of people that are also moving at the same speed, which is part of why we come to things like the summit. Very cool. And then one last question about the structure. I know, Um, and this is maybe more true with like a leads group, which is a completely different concept, but, um, sometimes it's true with masterminds that it's all industry specific. And sometimes there's a mix of industry and sometimes there's industry, um, exclusivity. Like there would only be one lawyer and there would only be one, you know, developer. Do you, how do you handle? Well, um, generally, unless people are, um, have bricks and mortar buildings, uh, bricks and mortar businesses in the same city. I, I just put people together at the, I match at revenue experience and speed to goal. Okay. Because um, if everyone was realtors, say a mastermind group full of re- realtors, so would be an unusual element for your, the sort of people <laughs> I work for, but they would all work together unless they're all doing exactly the same thing. In the same exact same place. Identical stuff. So for my, for my teams, they tend to be people that are um, very diverse but all are remote workers. In many of my, many of my um, current clients are um, coaches of one form or another are doing some form of online marketing. And they're all, they're all doing quite well. And they're all um, mostly conscious businesses because let's be nice. Eh? Yeah. yeah, that's the way. That's the way to do it. All right, cool. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And for those of you who are just realizing Liz is out there in the world like go check her stuff out she's awesome and we're so excited to have you at the summit thank you so much for watching listening whatever body parts you're using to (laughs) absorb this information all right have until next time everybody have a beautiful wonderful day rebel and connect bye-bye bye-bye we hope you enjoyed the show Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. This podcast is a Rebel and Connect production. Have you joined our free Facebook community, the Remote Leadership Think Tank? You can find it by searching on Facebook for Remote Leadership Think Tank or by going to bit.ly slash remote work connect, all lowercase. The Remote Leadership Think Tank is a community forum connecting like-minded remote leaders and team members from around the globe. See you in there. 
Rebel and Connect is a Colorado-based company owned and operated by Charlie Birch, Rachel McGee, and Summer Wyrick. We operate remotely and service clients from all over the globe. For more about our mission, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Connect with us on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also email us directly at info at rebelandconnect.co or call 970-325-6833.